Amen. I wonder, would you turn with me in your Bible uh, to Galatians chapter 4? Galatians chapter 4. They say uh, good things come to those who wait. Uh, We tell our children uh, that they have to wait until Christmas Day to open uh, their presents. Uh, When they're a bit older, uh, they're they're wishing their lives away until they can get a mobile phone or, or learn to drive or things like that. But we adults are just as bad. Isn't that right? If we're honest, we, we, we're, we're just grown-up children at heart, and we find it hard to wait. Uh, if we have the next slide, uh, uh, we... The, that's why, we have, that's why we have pot noodles and on-demand television and uh, Kindle books uh, that you can get instantly. That, that's, that's because we find it so hard to wait. But the truth is, when something has a definite uh, date attached to it, well, you just have to hunker down and hang in there. Maybe you feel like the image on the screen when it comes to patience. I I do uh, quite often. I'm happy to admit that, but many of you knew that. And we'll need patience uh, in the coming month uh, for sure. The Pathfinders have been learning a memory verse, uh, uh, and um, it says a whole lot, this memory verse. Uh, It's uh, it's good to have them in in church today. Uh, It's found in Galatians chapter 4, and and I'm going to read verse 4, which is what they've been learning, but it also continues on to verse number 5, and it says this, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Here in Galatians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul is comparing being a slave with being a son. Paul says in the opening verses of Galatians 4 that the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, he and his fellow Israelites were like religious minors, young sons. Too young to access the inheritance, not 18 yet, not 21 yet, as it may have been back uh, years ago uh, for us. Uh, In in Roman law, uh, the heir, uh, until he came of age at at 14, was under the control of what's known as a tutor, nominated by his father uh, in his will, if he wasn't around. And until the age of 25, the heir was under the uh, instruction of what was called a curator, a curator. And he was also appointed by his father. And even though uh, these heirs owned the inheritance, right, technically, they were under guardians and managers and um, and tutors and curators. The time had not come for them to be fully-fledged sons, in other words. That means they were no different from slaves, at that time. That's what Paul argues there, if you look at the opening verses. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. And what could the heir do in that case but to exercise patience, to, to wait on the time when his father had set? And the point is being made, isn't it, that as the Old Testament miners waiting to become rightful heirs, What else could 
They do but wait on God. The clock set by the Father ticks, and it ticks, God's clock ticks, and, and then it ticks one day to the right time. This tells us that Christmas, and firstly, it tells us that Christmas is not, is not just a matter of, of feelings, warm feelings. People say things like, yeah, I, I've got the, um, I, I, I'm in the Christmas spirit now. It's not just a matter of warm feelings. It's not just a matter of personal belief. No, God acted on the calendar. He, he acts in history. He, he, he acted at a point in time. People who, who reject the Bible, who reject the Christian message, often say things like, you know, if God just showed up and spoke to me, then, then, I, would, then I would believe. If, if I could see him, you know, then, then, then I would believe. But, but of course he has. And he did. And if you were alive on the very day it happened in the plains of, of Bethlehem, you could have heard the baby cry. You could have seen him. God acted not just in the minds and in the hearts of certain people subjectively. You could put it like that. No, no, he acted in history. In other words, he acted objectively. That, that's, that, it's not just true for you and, and maybe not true for me. No, it, no, it's true for every man and woman, boy and girl. Because it happened in history. He acted and he, ha- and he acted, the Bible tells us, at the right time. When the timing was right, uh, after the, the failure of, of the showcase people of Israel, that's what they were, right? They were supposed to show what, what living for God was like, but they failed. When their spiritual immaturity was so obvious, their inability to, to came to its height, right? And, and, and the enemies were sent, to, and they were exiled to Babylon and Assyria. Then they returned. After a period of of long silence from the lips of God, 400 years in terms of revelation, right? The time was then right. When the Greeks had brought their language and culture, which meant there was a certain commonness to the world, to the cultures and societies of the known world. When when the Greeks had had given way to the Romans who came along and and were now in charge and they were building roads and and trade routes and that had, had impact, of course, on the spread of the, of the message. The ESV study Bible says this, God sent his son at the right moment in human history when God's providential oversight of the events of the world had directed and prepared peoples and nations for the incarnation and ministry of Christ and for the proclamation of the gospel. God sent his message at the right time. God sent his, his son at the right time. God acts on his own clock. It, it, we, we, we know this from the centerpiece of human history. It's not anyone else's clock. It's, it's his. And so, because we know he acts in the centerpiece of human history, then we also know from this that, that, that each of the events of, of our lives, from the, from the large, you can probably think of five or six large things that could happen in your life, to the, to the very small when there are so many that you couldn't even categorize them, each of those events are on his clock. Sovereign means sovereign. You can't be half sovereign. In charge of the clock means in charge of the clock. So when we're forced to wait for a procedure, when we're forced to to wait for easing of whatever's going on in our country, when we're forced to, to wait 
for uh, things to, to dissipate that we disagree over because of where we are right now, then we can know that, that God has, has made it this way. We can know that, that he has our good in his sights. We can know that he's at, he's at work in us and, and among us. Because God only acts at the right time. And this uh, massive intervention in the world is made at the right time. But what's his action? Well, that's the next part of verse 4. God sent forth his son. God sent his son. He sends him from heaven, in other words. He, he, he sees the slaves, right, and he sends his son. He sends his very best. He sends from himself. He sends the one who is face to face with God, uh, the Father, as John tells us at the beginning of his, of his gospel. Heaven acts. Earth receives. Heaven comes down. Jesus arrives. It, it's, it's a monumental miracle. If you pause to think about it in the rush of getting everything done before it closes this Christmas, let's pause to think about it. How can God, how can God fit in a human body? Not some of God, not a demi-God, but fully God. It's, it's incomprehensible. Mary lifts him, and he's the one who knit Mary in her mother's womb. Mary holds her creator. Mary holds the one who made the stars, including the one that brought the, brought the, brought the wise man. It's incomprehensible. The author enters the story of the world. And he comes sent by his father. The Bible's very clear. Because God sent forth his son. The very son of God. Which means he is God. He is the image of the invisible God. You want to know what God's like? Then you look at Jesus. The hymn says... The great creator became my saviour, and all God's fullness dwelleth in him. All the essence of God is in him, even though he's very small. And we tell people about him this Christmas time, and we invite people to our carol service this Christmas time, because we, we know that they need to hear, they need to hear the good news. But, of course, salvation is, is on his clock. So we must be patient when people don't respond today and sometimes a slow process and patience is required. But we're faithful. That's what we are. We're to be faithful. Born of a woman is the third clause in this verse. I said recently that we're never allowed to contemplate the deity of Christ for too long before we are reminded in Scripture that he's also a real man. It's almost like a checking mechanism to make sure we don't drift off into one of those ancient heresies where we just assumed he was all this and forgot about that. Because he's both. He's fully human, born of a woman. He gets hungry. He feeds from his mother's breast. He cries. He has to grow. He has to learn things like how to sit up, how to crawl, how to talk. He subjects himself to all of this limitation because 
He was sent by God, the Father, yes, but also out of a willingness to do what he came to accomplish. And he has to be both fully God and fully man, uh, divine, so so that the sacrifice on the cross is of sufficient value and quality. Because it has to be good enough to transfer his people all the way from the, from the realm of darkness into the realm of light. And that's a long way. And he has to be fully man because it was man who sinned. And so man must pay the penalty. Mary had to wait for him to be born. It must have been the most amazing pregnancy. Those nine months. Many Jewish women longed to be the mother of the Messiah. You know, you remember that, that as they read their Old Testament, they, they were aware that there was a baby coming. We, we saw that last week in Micah. We saw that in, in Isaiah chapter 9. They knew there was someone's going to be the, the mother. <laughs> they, they wondered, is it me? Is it me? And many years they waited. But Mary was the one who was chosen. Of all the Jewish mothers. Mary had to wait nine months. But Israel had to wait far longer. Because they were taken over by the, by the, the, the Babylonians and the Medes and the Persians. They had their go at ruling them. Then the Greek Empire. And then the Romans came along. And, and, and they're wondering when, after oppressive regime, after oppressive regimes, when would the Messiah come? When would he come? Patience was needed. It wasn't the right time. And freedom would come after 400 long years of silence, but not as they expected. And then one day an angel appeared to Mary and said, Greetings, O favoured one, the Lord is with you. Born of woman, born under the law. That means he was a Jewish boy. For under the plan of God, uh, the Jewish nation, the, 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 the descendants of Abraham, in other words, were to be the vehicle from which God would reach the nations of the world. They were to be the people in whom one woman would bear a son and he would be the Messiah. He had to be in the line of Abraham, but he also had to be in the line of David. And they were immature until Jesus came. They were slaves until Jesus came. Born under the law. But, but born under the law also has that sense that, that he, was, he was obedient to the law. He kept the law. He kept the, the love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself every day, 100%, all the days of his life. And Jesus the boy, Jesus the man had to learn the law. That's something that people don't often realize. You know, he, he didn't have sort of a, a memory stick put into his, his head with, with the, the full download of the law of God whenever he was born. No, 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 no. It wasn't downloaded in there automatically. No, no, he, he, had, to, he had to learn it. He had to study like any other human being. We know this from verses like Luke 2, verse 52. He grew in wisdom and favor with God and man. We know this from, from Hebrews 5 verse 8, which, which says, Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. He learned obedience. He grew in wisdom. That, that, that's showing us that, you remember when, when he astounded those teachers of the law at age 12 in the, in the temple that day? Because, why was that? That's because he, he'd studied it. 
That's because he applied himself to, 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 to study the, the scriptures as, as they had them there. To, 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 to discipline himself to the task. And he obeyed them and he followed them to the, to the letter and to the spirit. We live in a five minutes of a video is too long, reading a book, no chance sort of world. We do. But we lose out a hundred times over in that. Shortcutting is not God's way. You look for shortcutting in the Bible, you won't find it. He works in the world at the right time, but he also works requiring patience and sticking at something. And if Jesus has to study and put in the hard yards, why would it be any less for you and I to get to know God? Do commit wholeheartedly to reading God's word with us in these next weeks, won't you? I think that's important. I know that's important. The why of Christmas is all over verse 5. It's not so that people would try to be good, uh, to be neighborly. It's not for some sort of festive cheer in the, in the dark nights of December. It's, it's not to help retail and boost the economy. No, verse 5 gives us two reasons. Two mission statements, or two, a twofold mission even of why the Son came. Firstly, to redeem those who were under the law. All of us are under the law as a system of, of righteousness. In other words, if we want to be right with God, uh, ourselves, we need to keep the law 100% every day of our lives, but we can't. So we're enslaved. We're trapped Yes, this, this is, Galatians 4 is about the Jews uh, who, are, who received the law, you remember on Mount Sinai, and who were under the law in, in that sense, who were religious minors, spiritually immature, uh, the law was their guardian until, until Christ came. But the truth is we're all under the law, even Gentiles like you and I. That's why Paul calls the law in verse 3, the elementary principles of the world. In the same way also we, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. In other words, everyone in the world is caught by this. And, and it's also because the natural man's way of, 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 of being good enough is to try to earn salvation. That's the elementary principle of the world. Try your best. Try your best. Law-keeping, being good, paying into the church, being good enough to deserve heaven or nirvana or paradise or whatever end goal you're looking for. That's the point, isn't it? We're all under that system of, let's try. Let's try. We're under the law until, until we see Christ, until we recognize our need of Christ. Redeem. Redeem is, is, is slave market language. And thankfully, there are not many slave markets in Dundonald or Northern Ireland. But of course, there are, there's plenty of human trafficking going on these days in the silent place. That's alive and well, sadly. But it's the idea that we're trapped uh, in sin. Uh, we're, we're lost. Uh, we, we owe more than we can afford. And so we need a redeemer. And so we need someone to come and buy us back. A kinsman redeemer. A loved one who can buy us back. 
And so Jesus comes at the right time and, and, he, and he obeys the law perfectly. And, and so he's able to represent us. And so he's able to, to pay for us. But he's not just about redemption. He goes further. He doesn't just save us and redeem us. No, no, no his other target is here too. So that we might receive adoption as sons at the end of verse 5. In other words, he, he brings us into the family. He, he acts to, to make us sons and daughters. It's not just redemption, it's adoption. In other words, he brings the inheritance to those slaves by making them fully-fledged sons. That's the idea, isn't it? The son, the son of God, comes and he, and he enables the slaves to become sons, fully-fledged sons. He enables them to access their inheritance, which is himself. He enables them to, to, to be right with, with the Father. He enables them to come and sit around the meal table because they're, they're, they're in fellowship. You, you see the idea? Sitting around the table with former enemies and blasphemers like you and I, having saved and redeemed them, having saved and redeemed us. And then, and of course, he starts to work on us uh, slowly, but, but surely. Because if you're part of the family, then there are family traits, there's family behavior that, that you're going to need to, to know about and to follow, like, like holiness and, and kindness and Christ-likeness. Love for God and love for others. Teaching us that love is patient and kind. And yes, we would, we would love, wouldn't we, to be free from sin and able to, to follow the law of God easily from, from moment one. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? But that's not, that's not the way God works. He doesn't do shortcutting. <laughs> no, he, he works in a process. It's a, it's a, it's a patience thing, isn't it? It's a, it's a stick in there sort of thing. To become like the family. To become like Christ. To, to, to have those family traits. James chapter 5 verse 7 says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. That's the second coming of the Lord. That's, we're thinking about the first coming, aren't we? That, that, wasn't a, that wasn't a clock in the Old Testament that, that they hadn't got to yet, and they were waiting, and they were waiting. But, but we're in a different time. Of course, we're, we're, we're on a clock waiting for the second coming. And we're waiting. And we await that day in human future history. And we stick in there with the trials of 2020 and the suffering that it's brought and the difficulty. And we stick in there whatever 2021 brings. And we stick in there with the economic hardship that's probably inevitable. And we stick in there with the difficulties of January. And we ask, Lord, lead us again to our hope, which is Christ. He's the only one that can take the strain, remember? He's the only one that can take the strain of your hope and expectation. We remain faithful. And we remain trusting in our Redeemer. Because he has bought us, remember? We remain trusting in the one who, who's our brother. Because he's brought us into the family. Giving us a new family, all seated here today. And we'll break bread in a moment at the family ta meal table. Christmas happened at a point in history. It's not just a feeling. It happened. 
Christmas, at Christmas, God sent his son from his very side. At Christmas, the baby was a real man. A real boy who became a man. At Christmas, he came and he obeyed the law fully every day of his life after he learned it. And he came to redeem and adopt many sons and daughters. Perhaps you're in church today and you know nothing of this saviour that I'm speaking about. Perhaps you need to reconsider your current position. Perhaps God is, is working in your heart even and speaking to you. You need to listen. Your eternal destiny depends on it and your life from here on depends on it. For the message for you is that you don't need to wait. No, you need to act now. The Savior has come. His name's Jesus. He came 2,000 years ago at the right time. And he came for those who are slaves to, to, to law-keeping, to be right with God. And that's all of us, by the way. And he came to make a way for you to be reconciled and right with God. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for the work of Christ, our Savior, the baby in the manger, Mary's boy child, who's the Savior of us all, if we trust in him, if we depend on him fully. He redeems us, he buys us back, and he brings us into the family, and we're so blessed. Thank you for Jesus. May we have a, a Christmas filled with Jesus, a joyful time focusing on the, the one who loved us and gave himself for us. Amen.